0: I'd like to welcome everyone to today's show of truth. And then today's episode, we have a special guest, John Hall. John's going to share with us today his personal life. He's going to open up about some different issues that, you know, had affected him prior to going into law enforcement and then how it affected him during the course of serving in law enforcement and the different ways that he was able to overcome the struggles and adversities that he had faced. And, No one is immune to traumas, you know, weighing heavy on us. You know, a lot of individuals, they use the phrase or the terminology of PTSD, which is a disorder. Okay. And Michael Segurau and, you know, so many others, you know, they've came up with it to be PTSI, to where it's an injury, to where, you know, with proper treatment, with, you know, outreach, with, following different resources, we are able to overcome, you know, the different traumatic events that continuously play in our minds that drag us down. So that is going to be the course of, you know, what we discussed with John today on, you know, his insight on ways that he's been able to, you know, overcome certain traumatic events and in dealing with that on a daily basis. And I want everyone to keep in mind that, you know, when we do this show, I I want to have interaction with all of you. Okay. We need feedback, ask questions. If there's ways that, you know, maybe we can answer a question for you of the different things that you're going through, that's what we're here for. That's what this show is about. That's why the different individuals that come on here that have the passions about, you know, ending the stigma and smashing the stigma, that it is okay to ask for help. It is okay to say that everything is not okay. You know, because, you know, a lot of us, we walk around and it becomes a facade after a while that, oh, hey, I can take this. I can handle this. When in fact, the traumas that first responders are exposed to day after day after day and not even just day after day, it's call to call. So they may be responding to a call and before they can even process of what they just witnessed, whether it was a domestic dispute to where they just you know seen. Someone being raped or killed, pulling a baby from a dumpster, and then just going to another call that could be another traumatic event that weighs so heavy on an individual, and especially with the first responders, okay? So that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to address certain issues, sit there and talk about how even the minute things may weigh heavier on one individual than the next, okay? So... Now, let's go ahead and get into it. And I want to bring John on. And Hey, John. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining.
1: Yes, sir. How are you doing?
0: I'm blessed. It's, it's a pleasure having you. And I kind of I gave the little intro and everything else about what you're going to be sharing, you know, how the things affect. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that you allot lot us the time to kind of speak with you because this is a real issue and, and you know we really do need to smash the stigma. So you know it, it's gonna take individuals, leaders, mentors like yourself to be comfortable to come out and kind of explain certain things that you know you yourself have been through. That yes, of course it does affect you. You're a human being and the ways that you're able to overcome that and you know progress forward and everything else.
1: Right. Anything I can do to, to help i'm
0: good man oh and i just want to say before we get started by the way is that i love the new cover photo (laughs) it's great
1: in my room at the police department
0: yes sir and it's the it's one of them things though i mean because you know every day and and again going into what i would leading into starting this is that you know if we can't laugh about it or you know find some kind of good humor. You know, there's just so much shit within that shit show that's just going to weigh somebody down. And it's just it's already heavy on what you bear. You know, you don't need to make it any heavier. So
1: no. And that and, and the bad part is, you know, people that's not in a first responder or stressful situation can see our, our sense of humor is as, as, as bad or wrong. But <laughs> so don't see the stuff we actually have to deal with that we. We have to work with, right. and it
0: you know it's not even and it's not even just that, John. I mean, we may be able to turn our TVs on and see some of the different things that they choose to provide to us. We may watch the movies and kind of experience that. You can watch a movie and kind of get some kind of feeling inside about you know how that affects you. But no, in the civilian sector, there are next to none that could really understand the complexity of what you, every law enforcement officer, every first responder is exposed to every day. You know, it's always easy from the sidelines to say, oh, hey, John shouldn't be joking about things like that. But it's like, have you been exposed to what John's been exposed to? You know?
1: Yeah. And it and it's not that some of the stuff we mean bad. It, it, it's really not. It's it, It's some stuff to help us stay sane without being disrespectful. Yes, sir.
0: And then, so do you want to go into, because, you know, one of the things that I want to cover in here, you know, again, you know, because I, I try to bring the realities out that way individuals are able to kind of grasp a little bit of the exposure and how much more like PTSI affects first responders and military than the general public and why those rates are so high, statistics are so high, you know, and, and pay has a lot to do with it as well, too, that, you know, and we'll get into that. And, you know, people say that, hey, they signed up for that and they signed up for that sacrifice, but you didn't have to, you know what I mean? You took a pay cut. And that's what I want to kind of get into here for a while, as far as the the passions that you have to provide for myself and my family and, you know, others alike, that you made that sacrifice to do that because you had that calling, you had that passion. So if you kind of want to get into, you know, early life on what kind of like led into your decisions
1: to go in. Um, I I had to start started working within a, a couple of months of, of being sixteen, and I actually started at a camp at Walmart. You know, I guess due to my work ethic, they had actually you know full time, and I stayed there for I, I believe it's around six and a half years. I did all different departments all the way up to. Uh, management, which I guess having that kind of responsibility will kind of bleed over into law enforcement. You have to have a certain dedication and a certain passion to a job to even, you know, consider something like law enforcement. Um, You can't go into it blind. Hey, you know, man, I'd like to be an officer because it's cool. People look up to it. You know, I'm, I'm important doing that. You can't do it or you won't last. I've, I've seen it many times. um, And uh, yeah, you're right. I had uh, got on uh, with the sheriff's office, the local sheriff's office. And I did, I, I took a pay cut from my Walmart job, you know, from, from a minor management position to law enforcement, I took a pay cut it, and, and it, it doesn't seem like that should that should be right, but you know it is. People don't understand that, and it is. If you're going from the responsibility with the pay, people wouldn't do this job. It, it's more than just the pay. It, it's it's really a passion. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to like what you're doing, and and want to make a difference. It's not just. It's not just a job to do to give me my paycheck every two weeks because you you will not last, you will not be happy, and it, it it'll really leave a, a bad taste in your mouth because you're not doing what you think you signed up for. I've I've seen it. And then
0: what what kind of you know because there's interests or hobbies or I mean, because again, that that passion has to be there. So there has to be some kind of commonality that kind of fits the role per se, you know? So, you know, what kind of drove you into that? Was there family? Was there friends? Was it just because of your own passions of wanting to help individuals and make that difference? Or, you know, what kind of like led into that as far as with you saying that? Because again, it wasn't for the pay, obviously, because you took the pay cut. But what kind of, aspirations and passions did you have that you said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I want to make a difference. When, When was that calling?
1: Honestly, I couldn't tell you the exact moment. I knew. I remember knowing I had to get away from Walmart that that wasn't going anywhere. I had, I had had a, a long run there, but I knew it wasn't going anywhere. My dad was a deputy. And at the time he had been about 20, 26 years. I believe, and, and a little side note that's kind of funny. Uh, I was talking to my dad a while back, and he he told them, you know, twenty five years in you could retire. When he was working, it's changed now. But twenty five years you could go. I think he was forty seven when he finally retired. But he told some of his coworkers said, "When I, my twenty five years is up, you better get out of my way. If you're standing between me and the door, I will run you over to get out of here." Two and a half years later, he's still doing it. He it it, it kind of come down to hey, I've done this for for 25, 26, 27 years. I don't know what I'll do without it. And uh, and when I got and,
0: and that's and that's strong there. And I'm glad you said it like that too, because you know that camaraderie. It's the same thing that happens with individuals in the military. You know, a lot of times it isn't even the traumatic events that someone was exposed to. It's that loss of family as of a sense that you get when, you know, you're in law enforcement. You get when, you know, we're in military and everything else to where it is that I don't know what I'm going to do without this. I mean, that's my that's my family.
1: Yeah. And it's it's kind of sad. And it, it, I really don't know how to put it. But, you know, your go. I think there is uh and I really think they're still the same. There's 20 deputies on the road with the, with the sheriff's office. And I believe it's the same, same as now, which is, you know, really sad from, you know, early two thousands to prior to that, we've still got the same amount of deputies in our County than, you know, we did then. And we both know that our crime rate and what's going on is a whole lot different now, but um, it's, most of the people that I work with, he worked with, is retired now. But it's your family. You know, you've got 15, 20 people you know, you're, you're friends with, your family, you've worked forever with. But it, it comes down to when you do take yourself out of that situation. I don't want to say you lose those friends, but you will grow apart. You can say you're not, and you may still, to a certain extent, but. You will grow apart. You've, you've both got different things going on. You're not working together every day. And, and it's really sad. It really is that, that that happens, but it's not really an intentional thing.
0: And then now with because I, I know, you know, one of the events in your life that, you know, kind of affected you and stuck with you was, you know, with your with your mother. Now, was that something that happened prior to going in? Was it during the break? Was it? I mean, how, how did that trans transpire? As far as at you know, what point were you in your life when that happened? Because I, I know I know it was a major effect on you. So, you know, at, at what place were? I mean, were you in law enforcement at that time, or was it something that kind of?
1: Um. No, and and kind of a lead up. I really don't know how to associate this with my job, but my mom had for a long time had uh, some alcohol and stroke problems. And I'm sure subconsciously that did have some kind of effect on me and, and what I do. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, yeah. You know, and, and to pinpoint it, I couldn't, but I know it did have that effect. Um, and this is something I'm going to touch on in just, just a little bit, but I, I have problems with time Um I graduated in 2002 when I was 17. So 2003 ish. She passed away because I was 18. I didn't start law enforcement till 2007. Um, and, and a lot of people can view this as it. And I, I believe it too. I don't, handle severe situations like that well I put it out of my mind that's my coping mechanism and and with her we didn't have a close enough relationship as we should have and that's really that's really my fault um even though there was stuff going on there but I put it out of my mind and maybe a year or two down the road you know I'm I'm putting my life in my eyes I'm I'm a teenager. I'm 20. I've got my friends. I've got this stuff going on. And it really preoccupied my mind. But once I really opened up to what it was, I mean, I, I broke in a big way. It's all that time that I was ignoring it, it came to back in a, in a hurry to me. You know, it really bit me. And if, if I had accepted it and processed it to start with, I think I would have been better because I would have, have spread those feelings out than hitting me at one time. But I do believe that, that her issues had, had a an impact with what I do. And since I've been doing this job, I have actually been able to help people with those kind of issues. And that's, that's really more rewarding than just taking somebody to jail and and making them have a record. Now given some people need it, I'm not gonna say you don't find some satisfaction in some of those, but it, it is nice that you actually make a positive change in somebody's life, especially when you can associate that with a personal experience. Yeah, but sure. yeah, it I, I was prior to my law enforcement when all that that happened and um
0: but I'm sure it does play an effect, you know, whether it's subconsciously or intentionally. <laughs> you know to where you know when you're running into the Johns or the suspects and things like that that you know are having that especially when it becomes to a specific issue that you know correlates with you know issues you know that mom had you know so you know in wanting to make that difference and you know during our last broadcast you were talking about the gentleman that you know you had the conversation with you know on the way to the station and that's powerful and it's the same thing with the individuals that Because, you know, a lot of times, like with the understanding of drugs, alcohol, and not even just drugs and alcohol, but a lot of times different events that we traumatic events we experience in our lives can cause us to act in a way that otherwise we would not act. You know what I mean? And, you know, for you to be able to kind of get them to pause for a minute and kind of have that general conversation, you know, that that is the way to make a difference in somebody's life, you know, and sometimes that jail cell is needed for that little time out so they can kind of sit down and think about things. And with that being said, when you're the one taking them to the station and the general conversation that you're having with them, you know, going in, it's going to be the last conversation that they remember, you know, so it is going to be something that does have the opportunity to stick with them to actually go in and kind of really make that difference in their lives. You know,
1: it, it, it is. And, and sometimes it needs to be that combination. I can, I could talk to somebody and make an impact. Whereas I could also talk to somebody while I'm taking them to jail and that combination really makes it ring. This is what I should be doing. And this is the consequences that if I don't rather than I should probably be doing this, you know, he's right, but it's easier to do this. Why should I change?
0: And then so how much with that being said, because again, you're in, law enforcement because of the passion about wanting to really make a difference in an individual's life. How the, just, in, you know, because with behavior analysis, you know, when I do my studies, as you know, and everything, but, you know, the way that I look at it is that, you know, just as a first responder can have survivor's guilt, you know, how does it play when you're arresting the same subject multiple times you know the multiple the multiple time offenders repeat offenders and things like that and I mean does does that affect you at all I mean it's the unless I mean because I know there's no like personal connection with you in the you know the subjects and things like that but in a sense when you're just seeing like again going into the you know when we go into the career of you know me choosing to be a law enforcement officer and me wanting and having an optimistic view on things and then just seeing just the repeatedness and repeatedness it it does put that because all you're seeing every day i mean and all the viewers at home they need to understand that law enforcement and i mean first responders in general even military you're seeing the bottom five three ten percent of society so it's not like you you're not responding to a nine one one call because somebody's having a birthday party, <laughs> you know. But I mean, oh, you might respond to a nine one one for a birthday party, but still, it's a, you know what I mean? Birthday because not, you're not responding because people, yeah, people are having a good time. It's you're responding to you know chaos, you know. So I mean, does that play a role when you're seeing like the same individual? I mean, does it affect you as far as the? I'm not going to say the faith in humanity, but it has to play when. You know, your service is to make that difference. You know, how do you how do you view
1: that? Well, and it, it can be beyond an officer's view sometimes. But if you think about it, if if I'm having to deal with you because of a call. You're not dealing with me the best day of your life. You, you're having issues of why you need to talk to me. You know, you're not calling police department because you want to have. A friendly conversation and tell me how your kid did in school <laughs> i mean it's it's a different it's a whole different aura of of how that plays out and it does if, if you w- with any job really you can become somewhat numb to what goes on and you, you dull yourself your your emotions are not the same you're Your cares are not the same, and you need a reality check. And I've I've been the same way, you know. Oh man, they're calling again. This is stupid. This is they need to get along. This has been and and I recently dealt with this within the last few days. This has been going on since I've worked here, but I still try to, you know. Hey, y'all, y'all been fighting for six years. I'm sick of this. This is stupid. But I can still hear their, well, this is why I end up in this situation. And I still try to tell them, why? Why are you doing this? You know what happens. You know how both of you are. It's not working. It's not getting long. And really, I did it without thinking about it. You know, it's been six years. I could say, you know, screw this. I don't care. I'm not helping you. You're not helping yourself. But I guess just the kind of person I am, I end up trying to give advice before I'm even thinking about it, you know, and and that's what I told him. I said, why are you doing this? You, You know what happens. Why are you doing this? Instead of just saying, get out of here. This is the same thing over and over. And people can let that that get to them. Man, I'm tired of dealing with them. This is stupid. I don't care. But what happens when that call comes in? And you're thinking, man, this is all the time. This is stupid. I'm I'm not going. They don't need me. They've never needed me. But something happens. Somebody gets hurt. You know, something bad happens. Not only are we liable, but that, that comes into uh, affecting you possibly permanently. You know, I didn't do as much as I could. It's my fault they got hurt. It's my fault this happened. And it—it's it, easy.
0: Survival skill we were just talking about, huh?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I mean, how do you how do you live with that? You—you've dealt with them so many times. It's always been stupid. You're sick of dealing with them. You don't like them, but because you you did neglect your job, and and depending on what kind of person you 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 neglected yourself, and now somebody's ended up in this situation. I mean, it's regardless of how you feel about them and your past history, that that can greatly affect you depending on what happens. You know, it's you're going to look at it, it's your fault. It, had you stepped up, had you done this, this wouldn't have played out that way. And and on top of all the stress, everything we deal with, I mean, man, that, that's just – that's a killer in yourself.
0: For, and then for, have, have there been any events – as you just spoke of that have kind of stuck with you, you know, regardless of from the beginning, or is there something that, you know, you s- still even like today carry with you or anything, or, I mean, are there certain events that, you know, still play in your mind? that's you know, no matter what you've done, it's still like, kind of you'll get that flash.
1: In general, all in all, I've, I've had a very, very, I don't want to say easy career, but a very a very good career as far as having to deal with very bad situations that could be prevented or even in just just bad situations that stick with you. Now, I have a lot of calls that do stick with me, but I've been lucky in the sense that I'm not thinking about, man, this this is my fault. You know, had I done this, this, this wouldn't happen. Had I done this, this would have played out that way. I've really been lucky, and a very large amount of, of law enforcement officers can't say that. And it, it may be that I go to my next shift, and that completely changes. But there, there are things that stick out to me. But luckily, I, I try to handle things as best I can to where it is in my mind. If, if I do this, if I don't do this, this could happen, but it, it, you know, it still doesn't always play out that way.
0: Yeah. And then I, I know with your department that, you know, it's, it's a smaller department. And so how does that play on your hours? And, you know, many, many individuals at home viewing really don't realize how the actual shifts affect family life, you know, it's kind of null and void to us. We take for granted that we can call and somebody's is going to respond. We really don't understand that that one responding has probably been on a 12, 15 hour shift. And, you know, it, it does affect of, you know, them being able to come, come home, go home, you know, spend time with family and things like that. Have there ever been any kind of like, you know, personal issues, misunderstandings about the shifts and, you know, the time that you're serving to fulfill One passion, so that you can provide the other passion for the family.
1: Um, uh, I am divorced. I have been for several years, but me and and her have a very good relationship. We we don't fight. We co-parent. We we can actually go places with you know our son and and not have fights, not have issues. But I also believe some of that. On top of, you know, personally, you know, trying to make that happen, she is an RN, which is, you know, for those that don't know, registered nurse, which is a very stressful job as well. So there was kind of the understanding that I know what kind of stress you go to in your job. I don't know the exact call, but I know the things I go through, and I'm sure you go through similar things. So there was a very good understanding of, the shifts and the work and the stress and it it was actually i live about 45 minutes away from my work so as a normal person i i have a, a room at the police department i can stay at it it's not a jail cell it's not a metal cot so it's it's not as bad as it sounds but um do i not stay there i have a 45 minute drive home so you're looking at a 12 hour shift, an hour and a half round trip. I'm looking at, you know, a minimum of, of 13 and a half hours. And that's a minimum. and That usually doesn't happen. But it can affect you really bad. And and she as well. She actually had about a 90 minute one way trip to work. So we really had a good understanding of of how things were and how it can affect you. Whereas a lot of people don't, you know, their, their significant other, um, you know, works retail or works, uh, you know, an office job or works, you know, wherever that is a completely different career, completely different job. And they don't understand why are, Why are you stressed out? Why are you coming home mad? Why are you coming home sad? You know, why are you so tired or any of that? They don't understand. And that really will cause problems because you cannot relay your feelings to them. They just, they can't comprehend it. They listen to what you're saying, but they can't comprehend.
0: On, on, top, on, on top of that as well, too, and kind of going into the whole passion aspect of everything. So what you already have on top of that, the pay scale, which is ridiculous for every first responder across the board. I mean, people really need to kind of like look at the national average on what any first responder gets paid. It's ridiculous, you know, but so you have the pay cut. Now you're sitting here looking at, Hey, I'm willing to drive, you know, 45 minutes. And with her the 90 minutes, you know, to get there, you know, one way, you know, so that just shows into the passion of, you know, really wanting to make the difference in another individual's lives, you know, wanting to be able to give your all and then coming home with, you know, being tired and things like that and having stress at home, you know, it's, it's some of the things that's out of sight, out of mind to a lot of individuals. And it's one of the things that's really kind of taken for granted that we do have the access to pick the phone up to call and have somebody respond. You know, it, it's it's a shame that, you know, a lot of individuals really don't know the personal side of everything of like, you know, how, you know, they're, you're a human being, too. You know, you have your emotions, you have your stresses, you have your family and stuff like that to where it's it's vital that, you know, we have this conversation right now. Kind of expose the realities to individuals so that they can, you know, wake up and understand that you know you're going through things just as we are, you know. And on top of that, you got to stay on top of your game to deal with every call, deal with the, you know, the bottom of the. I don't want to, you know, put anybody down, but the bottom of the barrel. I mean, it's the the worst days, rather. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean, it's. I, I can't even. <laughs> I could go on for days talking about that. You know, so.
1: And I've I've got something for the viewers to think about. You you work in a first responder setting, which is the stress and everything we just talked about. Do you, when you have a spouse, significant other, you know whatever it may be, that doesn't understand it, wh- what do you do? On, on one hand, you try to go home, you try to explain to them, what's going on, why you feel this way, why this is this way, they don't get it. It's frustrating. You know, it it can cause a lot of bad emotions and, and not mean to, or do you take the less stressful way and go home and not try to explain it, try to, you know, act normal, for lack of better words, but what's happened is just eating you up inside. I mean, which one of those do you do when they just can't comprehend and
0: understand what's going on? Right. And then so what are some of the bigger issues that you see with the brothers and sisters you serve with or even even yourself? I mean, if you want to kind of talk about some of the things that, you know, kind of weigh heavy on you and the ways that you deal with them, you know, just so that, you know, because. There's gonna be thousands, if not millions, of individuals that are probably experiencing the same thing you are. And we're all gonna find different ways to be able to have a coping mechanism. So, you know, what kind of works for you? And like what kind of things do you see that weigh heavier, you know, in the brothers and sisters and the fours, you know, and others on you know the surrounding counties and cities that you may contact as well.
1: It it really all starts with the person. You know, just like I know, every person is different, every person thinks differently, acts differently, and then add the job to it. So one person may deal well with it, take another person in the same situation, and they can't. And when they don't know how to find an outlet, it just doubles everything that's going on. And, and that's one of the big things you've got to find somewhere where you can have an outlet or you can find something you really enjoy that kind of counteracts the 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 negative effects that you have. And the people that don't know how to do that, it will eat them up. It will cause personal problems. It will cause them to be a I want to say you know, bad or negative law enforcement officer. Because the more it eats them up, the more it just it it tears away the person they was and they won't handle situations the same way. And it's 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 an easy downward spiral and it is hard to break and it is hard to recover from when that happens.
0: Then so what are some of the methods that you use to keep your mind fresh, to kind of. I'm not going to say reinstill excitement into your life, but you know, to, because it's like you just stated, you know, if you ignore and ignore and ignore, it's just going to magnify everything that really is there because it was never really dealt with. And then it could just come back and, you know, it'll weigh even heavier on you because it was never dealt with the first time. Plus, you have the new event or the new trauma that's now weighing heavy on as well. So, you know, what are you, you know, your suggestions or what works for you, John? So that way, you know, just to keep your mind fresh every day that you go out there because again, you know, you're going in every day knowing that it's not an if there's going to be a call, you know,
1: the ones that try to put it off, you know, I'm fine. I've got this. This is cool, man. You know, this job's no problem right up until the point they break. And when they break, it is hard to come back from it. Um, and everybody has that different way of, of, of coping healthy. Um, and, and honestly, the, the way I work and the way I have my kid and, you know, the job can make you not enjoy your personal things as much. Uh, even, you know, the kids, they could say, I love my kids. I love spending time with them. But when you let yourself get to that certain point, you, you do still love them. You do still enjoy stuff with them. But that enjoyment will decrease because these things do weigh on you. They do take away from your your mind when it should be with your kid or, you know, even anything that you, you usually enjoy or used to enjoy. It will take that away from you. And it's just it's not the same. And it's done it to me and it's done it for different reasons than some people do but a big savior for me is me and my dispatcher have a very close relationship and one it's one of my very few friends um you know as you grow older all your your best friends all your great friends grow apart yes you you get older you get busy your priorities change and and before you know it, you like, you know, man, where, where did everybody go? You, you just feel like you don't have anywhere to turn to. And I've been lucky in that, that, that we are very good friends. And, you know, being in the same line of work, we understand each other. We know kind of what's going on and how it affects you and, and possible ways to to help you through it. And that's one of my things that's really helped me out more so than than things I can do when I'm off duty is that understanding that we we can help each other through and you know when all your when all your best friends and people you grew up with are not there anymore that that really means a lot.
0: It is huge and like with with her being a dispatch, okay you know it's that's another role that is completely overlooked. Of someone that experiences trauma and has a lot of stress and depression and anxiety, you got to figure they're in a role to where all they are doing is taking call after call, after call, after call of negatives. And they never get a resolve because not many people come back and share that. Oh, Hey, Hey, everything turned out well they're alive and well or you know this that or the other they're just left in the dark and there's so many possibilities of what, have, what could have gone wrong or if somebody died if somebody lived and you know i myself can't imagine living with that you know but it's a dispatchers are one of the most overlooked individuals in the first responder field and it's sad because they're the ones that are actually you know if, if they Yawned or didn't feel like pushing that button, or you know, getting the mic to call for you to actually be dispatched out. You know, everything would be nothing. It's they're, they're the key to all first responders. I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, and it's
1: sad that and- they, it, it, to put it as simple as you can, they're the lifeline. They are, in all honesty, the first person that will keep somebody safe, um, alive. And whether it be the caller, me, um, you know, you've got somebody that I don't care. It's, it's a check. I get paid shitty. Whatever. I'm just here. Well, you take that call. Well, you've got to fight. It's a domestic. Go to it. And we all know some of those will do that. They will take the basic that they can, send you to it. But what they're not getting is it's an entire family fighting. They have a violent history. They have, you know, weapons involved. You know, one of them has been stabbed, but they don't care, so they don't ask that information. And, I mean, that makes a world of difference. Um, Medical calls, you've got somebody with chest pains. Okay, well, what you're not asking is, you know, they've had three heart attacks before. That makes a big difference in, in chest pains and can be, you know, how fast do I need to get there? What equipment do I need to get there? They can make it sound like it's nothing when it's, it's really a life or death situation. And they're, they're not, they're not respected. They're not appreciated where I can go on a call, smooth it out. You know, right, you know thank you. Uh, the, the, the gentleman that, that I had got to uh, stop drinking, get a job, you know, help himself. You know, thank you. This is what I've, I've, I've done. This is because of you. You rarely ever see anybody tell a dispatcher that, you know, thank you for the way you handled this. This made a difference in my life. They're just taken for granted. They really are. And officers don't make them enough. And it is ridiculous to even think what what dispatchers will get paid for. And they're one of the most important. They, they really are first responders even though they do not physically respond to that call, they are responding to what's going on.
0: And on top of that, I mean, if the viewers can just, you know, pretend for a minute and think about a call coming in, I don't care what it is, of, of how cognizant a f- dispatcher has to be, they have to know the environment, they have to know, you know, how frantic one individual is, is the other people in the home is, like you just said, you know, or they do they have past medical uh, issues and things like that. And then still while maintaining and trying to keep them calm, the same time trying to dispatch the proper parties out to, you know, that home, you know, is it just, you know, law enforcement going out there? Do we need law enforcement, paramedic fire? You I mean, it's just there's so many things toggling on just one call. That it's the, I mean, it it takes a special individual to even sit in a dispatcher's chair and put on that that headset. You know, it's it's insane. I mean, people can't fathom, you know, how much information has to be processed on every call that they take. And again, every call that they take is a, it's a disturbance. (laughs) I mean, it's the they're not hey, I just wanted to call and wish you happy birthday, John.
1: Yeah, exactly. and, and, and people that don't understand the job or not familiar with it, they're looking at they took a call, a call, one call. That That's not bad. What they don't understand is they are having to get information. Why is this going on? What weapons are involved? Why are you fighting? How many people? I've got to dispatch my officer at the same time. I'm trying to to calm this frantic person and get information and i have to contact you know responders or fire department which is a whole separate thing people look at it, they took a call i mean how, how difficult is that
0: and that is the mentality of a lot of individuals it's sad it really is sad you know
1: it it, it is and and you take it really makes a big difference for somebody to care. You know, like you said, we don't get paid enough. There's something in us that makes us do this job. A dispatcher is even more so because they get paid much less and they can deal maybe not as as physically dangerous situations, but just as stressful, if not more. Because we are we're responding to the call with the information we have and we're handling the call. Whereas when that call comes into them, they don't know they are having to process so much more information that we have to, when we show up because we have that information already because of them.
0: hundred percent. First responder national median is $27,000 a year that's insane.
1: That, and that's an average.
0: That that's an average. So that that's you know you're taking some of the different more luxurious and higher economies and some of the bigger cities everything else too. So not every I mean there's some law enforcement agencies that are paying their officers 12 50 13 dollars an hour and that's that's a slap in the face for you know what's being done so
1: well oh, it, it is and and if if people didn't have that certain thing in them that made them want to do this job, you wouldn't have anybody do it. I'm not doing it because I'm making a killing because I'm not, you know, I'm working two jobs. I'm working night shift and I go straight into a day shift. I don't do that because I want to stay awake and I don't like sleep. You know, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't like a personal life. And at one point, and it may come back up our Entire police department was working three jobs. We would our our shift. We work a uh, a day a week, which I mean it doesn't seem bad. But look at me; I go from a day, uh, night shift to a day shift. That that's rough, even though it doesn't sound it, because we had a bank get robbed, actually multiple times over over a time span. But so every day they have one of us working security, and when you only have six officers to do that every single week that can get, you know, tiring. And we, about two years ago, got a Google facility in our city. And when they do construction, there is a massive amount of construction workers when your town is only 2,500 people. You know, you have nearly got that many people working construction So we would have to work um, three hours in the morning with three slots for traffic control. In the afternoons, we had four officers for three hours. Add in, you've got six officers, maybe seven, and you've got four slots you've got to fill every single afternoon. You've got three slots you've got to fill every single morning. Hey, great money. I have no life. I have no energy. You know, but... It's got to be done
0: nobody else is doing it
1: yeah. and hey, the, that,
0: those are the those are the ones that always have something to say too the ones that wouldn't be willing to make that sacrifice put the badge on and you know go out there and do it you know it's the well, you know John what you should be doing different is uh
1: <laughs> and I, I will I will say this when we work um the construction and they still have uh I want to say, give or take, maybe five years worth of construction left, but the last two years they haven't done it because of COVID or or other jobs they have, which, you know, it, it's a break, but it's also a lot of money we're not making. But in the mornings, we, we don't have to get out and work traffic. We sit in our vehicles with lots going to slow people down, to, you know, let them know, hey, look, this is our construction area. Easy money, Right i work 12 hours i go straight given my, my shift didn't work out very well but i work 12 hours now i'm going into another three hour shift now i have 45 minute drive just to get home then another forty five minute drive to go back to my 12 hour shift with another three hours on top of it it it, it starts sounding a little less luxurious than you think
0: 100 percent. and so <laughs> With, with that being said, I mean, because that's important in the whole mental health aspect of what you and I are discussing right now, because it's the, you know, when does John give John time?
1: And it's hard to for some people to understand, but the more physically exhausted you are, the harder it is to unwind and process the bad things that you've had to deal with. Because your there's mind's a lot fried. of
0: times, even going, I mean, even though you may be exhausted and tired because of how you've just been running and running and running, it's hard to sleep. So that's what I'm just trying to, you know, how do you do it? It's.
1: It, I wish I had an answer for you because I'm still. Trying <laughs> to pick it up. Um, you no, know, and and it, I think it plays into the to the mental health issues, which which I want to go in in just a little bit, but. The last since um, Tuesday at about we'll say 11 o'clock in the afternoon until now, I've had about four hours of sleep and not necessarily because I've been so busy. It's just the fact that I go to sleep and I wake up and I can't go back, you know, for it's just a, a physical thing. I can't, you know, my body won't let me or I wake up thinking about something. and People don't understand that plays into it. You know, hey, he's only had a few hours of sleep that, you know, he's still good to go. He slept. I don't understand how that would change his mentality or how he can handle things. You know, it, it makes the, the cause worse. It makes your attitude worse. And it, it really, it can make you care less from a situation you would normally have a passion for, you normally care for man, I just want to handle this call and get off of it. I, I really don't care how I have to, to finish it up. I just want to. And, I mean, how do, you, how do you really relay that to people that that can affect you that way?
0: Because not- I appreciate your honesty in this because that is a big, big, big issue. And, you know, again, going back to the, the smashing the stigma aspect of it, you know, a lot of people, I mean – especially in law enforcement we have to carry a persona that hey this doesn't affect me hey i'm good i'm good i'm good but there has to be be that breaking point Of self-admission that hey this is really getting to me you know whether it's the things you've seen whether it is the physicality and the just the exhaustion that comes with the the role you know i mean it's just and my kudos to you for and and this is what it takes as leaders like yourself to be able to say hey you know there are those days where shit bothers me and i do get tired like you just said you know four hours sleep in a few days is just it's insane it's i mean and then you're even still giving us time to be able to share these certain things with it about how it bothers or you could be resting right now and just completely disregard. And again, that just goes and shows your passions that, you know, you are willing to take the time to address these issues, expose yourself to it. And I mean, it's just, it's what needs to be done. And again, my gratitude time and time again to you.
1: And, and you're right. You know, I could be, given uh, uh, my body lets me, you know, I could be sleeping or resting, but Sometimes I put other, you know, before me, yeah, I could be resting. I'm, I'm helping myself. Whereas I can be on, you know, the show and talking about stuff and I could help multiple people versus, you know, there's one of me, but I'm helping a lot of other people by doing this, that, that kind of makes it worth it to me. And one, I want to simplify this, re- really simplify this people that don't understand what we go through, how we feel, how tired we are. You can't see it. They can't see it. So it's hard to understand. You, you don't look tired. You look fine. I am barely awake, but you don't, <laughs> see, you don't understand it. And I mean, I, that's really a lot of people, you know, if I can't physically see something and, and, and tell, because of it, I don't understand why it's there, why it's like that.
0: It, and that's huge, though, too, because, again, you know, it's the what if you made a decision that, hey, you know what, because how tired I'm, I don't feel like going in today or hey, I don't feel like going to this call. I mean, that's a large scale. That's a large responsibility. And it's a lot of weight that is carried, you know, because then that plays in the back of the mind. Well, hey, if I do make the decision not to go in today or you know, I don't want to respond to this call, who that's going to affect and the magnitude of, you know, how that could affect somebody. Because, you know, in this profession, seconds matter a lot of times. I mean, I'm like, I say, a lot of times almost in every case seconds matter, you know? So if it's that just dragging out and feeling exhausted, I mean, it's the, it really needs to be acknowledged. It really needs to be spoken about and it's, it's okay that exhaustion happens. It's going to happen. I mean, almost every law enforcement agency across the nation, you know, experiences that where they're having 12, 15 hour days, like, you know, individuals like yourself that are driving 45 hours, you know, to get there Where I mean, yeah, granted, you, do, you are blessed with a, a room that you could go lay down in, but it's still, you know, playing that whole mental pressure on there. And it's just that it's, it's amazing that, you know, you're able to do what you do. And it's even more amazing that you're able to sit here and talk to us about this, because these are the little things that's, well, I'm not going to say little things, but, you know, it seems little, but play on such a more larger scale to where in a career to where seconds matter, you know, being that exhausted and not addressing that or acknowledging that or, you know, taking time for yourself, it it becomes a bigger issue. And
1: and the scary thing about it is, I know and I have worked with officers that have done just what you said. It's called stupid I'm not going to it. That stupid call can turn out bad and you refuse to go to it. Um, I don't feel like going to this medical call. I'm taking my time. Given you don't want to risk your health for every single call that you get, that you don't have to get there as soon as you can, but You know, man, this is stupid. I'm not a medic. I'm going to stop and get me a cup of coffee. I'm going to use the bathroom. Well, guess what? While you're dicking off, taking your time, that person has just took their last breath and you're not there to help. them. It's something so small, you know, hey, I'm taking my time where it really can be life and death, you know. They they took their last breath and I'm over here driving 30 mile an hour because I don't give a shit about a medical
0: problem. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's that's reality, you know. And it's like so many people we because they don't see it there in front of them. It's something that's out of sight of their mind. And it's the same like buffoons that you'll see sirens coming behind you and you know whatever they're doing is more important where they can't pull over or you know let emergency vehicle pass them. You know, it's it's little things like that that just runs through a buffoon's mind that they think that, hey, what I'm doing is so much more important than you know going and actually making this happen. So it's
1: it's it's an inconvenience to me. I don't care about anybody else. It, it, it is a mind frame that a lot of people have, and it's they think it's mundane because it's not them needing help. It's not needing, needing something. It's somebody else. And I'm more important than they are.
0: And it could be their family member. They just don't know it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And once it affects them personally, then it's a whole different world. But when it's the exact same situation as somebody they don't know, it's no big deal. And that's, that's, I hate to say it, but that's majority of the people. Now, if it doesn't affect them, if it's not a family member, then they don't think it's a big deal. They don't care. But, and, but you know, why, why all of a sudden this is a family member? Why all of a sudden now does it matter? It's the right. exact same situation with somebody else. But you it know, can,
0: and, affect and, you. And that also plays into the aspect of what we were talking about earlier when it comes to like, the you know, our dispatchers to where like letting us know about, you know, other individuals in the area and things like that and you're going to a call you're tired you're frustrated you're exhausted and now you have individuals that aren't even part of the call you know standing around so now you have to be cognizant of you know your surroundings and everything else too you're exhausted and it's there's so much that is entailed within you know every call and then Being exhausted and not really addressing being exhausted or having, you know, things thinking about back home instead of thinking about the call that you're on right now, it affects it on such a large scale that, you know, in the civilian sector, when they're standing there or, you know, doing things that are, you know, ultimately putting your life at risk or, you know, the other's lives who you're trying to save at risk, you know, it, it's kind of the out of sight, out of mind or, hey, it don't apply to me. They're not responding to me, but it's still they're ultimately affecting that call. You know, so, I mean, have you had any instances to where the spectators per se, you know, affected the call that you're responding to or, you know, any kind of like critical incidents in that aspect?
1: Yeah, You know, other than just not getting out of the way, I haven't really had you know, outside people affect the call, but, you know, you'll, you'll have a bad wreck just specifically uh, when my dad had, it was a young girl and she was laying there dying. There was nothing they could do for her, but people are standing around watching like it's a ball game. That was a family member or a friend. Now all of a sudden they're offended because people are watching it. Right. It's the same situation. But, um, and I kind of want to address this. It's, it's somewhat off the off, uh, subject, but it's not at the same time. You're talking about stress and being worn out physically, mentally, um, mental health, especially a lot of officers will deal with things like depression, um, the being depressed is not depression. Right. You know, it's, I, I'm sad. Clinical
0: depression and depression.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm sad because a family member passed away and it, it does affect you. It really does. But, and, and given everything I'm saying right now is, is an opinion or it's something I went through. So it's not, you know, people may disagree. People may have different experiences, but this is, it's just me. Um, depression is kind of something that can can get better over time you know things can get easier i can work through them legitimate depression will not get better on its own you right. need you need help you need therapy to talk about what's going on you need medication to help you know a chemical imbalance in your brain is not going to fix itself you need to figure out what it is to, to help yourself and. You know, and people don't don't understand. You know, why, why are you sad? Uh, I've been there before. When when I first started dealing with depression, I had my own house was paid off, nice house. I had, I believe, three cars and a motorcycle paid off. I had it made. You know, it was great to everybody else, but due to my depression, I didn't view it the same as everybody else. It was nice you know, not, not having to worry about bills and struggling, but at the same time I was miserable and you cannot relay why people that don't deal with that. You know, it's not just, don't be sad. You've got it so good. It's my brain will not allow me to feel these ways. And it, it, it it's hard to, to, to tell people, you know, how that is. They, they can't understand it. Um, and as far as being worn out, depression and mental disorders will wear you out on its own. Take away all the, the stress of the job, the long hours, the small amount of sleep, that mental health that you can't help yourself. You already deal with wears you out on top of everything else. and makes everything worse. And it's just like I said, it, it, it's hard for, for people to understand that, you know, I'm already, I'm already wore out. You know, my depression wears me out. I may not do anything physical. I may be getting plenty of sleep. When I first started having issues, undiagnosed issues, I could get a full night's sleep. And I work day shift. I could get a full night's sleep. I would, I would almost pass out at noon i couldn't tell you why now i know but you know i'm i can't stay awake and it's due to issues beyond my control nothing that you can see that i'm doing nothing that i can make you understand but just the mental health in itself is it it, it'll wear you out and
0: i I just want to i want to step in real quick i want you to finish up on this but i want to step in real quick because you know Thank you for saying that, you know, hey, it's your opinion and it's not fact, but that, that is a fact. Everything you just stated, it is medical fact, okay? There is a difference between depression and clinical depression. An individual can be depressed and it it's going to be a come and go type thing. But depression is something that is always going to be there to where you could be out there to where something i would I'd be euphoric experiencing what you were doing, riding your bike or anything else like that. But with clinical depression, it's the, the normal joys that the normal euphoria that the human being experiences in happy moments it doesn't exist. You know, so th- there's a big, big, big difference. And a lot of people do get it misconstrued that, oh, I just deal with depression. Well, no, you probably have something going on to where clinical depression is your body just not, al- you don't have the, the, uh, the serotonin's. Actually, get released so you can actually experience that euphoria. And it does have to be controlled with medication, it does have to be controlled with therapy. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. You know, individuals can still fulfill functioning lives by undergoing that treatment, undergoing the medication, undergoing, you know, that that balance there to where they can again, and and it's not going to be a snap of the finger and it's not going to be that full enjoyment as if they didn't, you know, were not diagnosed with clinical depression. But that isn't the real deal so i mean i just wanted to clear that up for everybody at home and i appreciate you saying john that you know it was your opinion but you know it is reality it is medical fact and everything else as well too so and and like you said you know you have that and then you stack on top of that you know the exhaustion you stack on top of that every traumatic call you have to you know respond to and everything else too it's the you know how do you balance that out And,
1: and from my own experience um I'll I'll give a little background before I go into anything else. Um, I started having issues. I I always felt something was a little off. I I couldn't tell you why. When I was growing up, something just felt a little off. Um, You know, my mom passed away when I was 18. So I never really got that adult relationship. That I could understand things that I really should. Um, I honestly believe that she...
0: Hey, something's something's going on with your mic right now there's like back feet or something like that i don't know if something got changed or Is
1: it still my style?
0: yeah it's like a it's like an echoing what about now i mean i, I can i can hear you it's just i don't, I don't know what happened it's
1: I'm not sure
0: what happened. Is it still doing it? Yes, we we can hear you. That's the important part. It's just for like the the level went down to where it's not as clear as it was. I just wanted to.
1: Okay. Um. I'll I'll try to sum it up,
0: but uh. No, no, that's fine. I mean, we can hear you now, so. Yeah. When I started having issues, I didn't know what it
1: was. I, I couldn't tell you. I knew something was off.
0: Then I started realizing
1: that I was depressed. And I went to a family doctor. All right, well, here's some medication. Take it. It's not working. Give it time. It's not working. Give it time. I'm like, look, it's it's not. And I'm miserable. And you're not able to do what you should. I didn't actually get help until I started going to a an actual psychiatrist. And he understood more what was going on. The first medication he put me on, within a couple of weeks I could feel. With and I'm lucky. A lot of people can't can't have that kind of success and even now, you know, I still go through phases and if something changes and I do start getting that depressed feeling um, I usually go monthly, which is a little farther out now. But that month can feel like forever when you you, you feel like that, and there's nothing you can do. You can't change those feelings. Um, but then
0: how how open, like with your department? Let's just say, like say like the, the fellow brothers and sisters that you serve with and everything else too, because you know I feel it's important that you know, who I serve with knows if things, because it's going to be that person that could be the the lifesaver if I'm really having one of those bad, bad, bad days. Because a lot of people really don't understand depression. You know, you, you'll get the people that are uneducated in how severe depression can be. And, oh, hey, just deal with it and get over it. And it's really not that easy because with depression, it's just, it's clinical. It's, uh, there is no joy in certain things. And then again, with everything stacking on top of that. So, I mean, do you share that with, you know, the fellow brothers and sisters that you serve with as well too, so that they can kind of talk to them or is it more on you keep it with a personal side? Like what works? I mean, cause you know, for everybody's going to be different as well too, you know? So it's the, what works for you as far as the, I know you say that you go monthly and things like that. And sometimes that month just seems so far out. So what do you do for John You know during that course to keep it you know as best as possible
1: um with my current department i'm extremely lucky um my my chief my assistant chief uh they they're understanding i can talk to them you know hey what's going on you know they they know everything and and i'll clarify this You know, I I am diagnosed with bipolar depression, but I I have my issues. I have my times. You know, there's times when things are miserable, but it really hasn't affected my job. It really hasn't affected how I can treat people and handle situations. And I think part of that does come down to what kind of person are they to start with? Um, You know, your personality, your attitude, the things that you want will affect how you feel even though you may not be able to control that it still has some kind of you know effect um so you know i don't want people to think that just because i I have these issues that you know i can't do my job like i should or you know people that with depression is a liability that's not the case um
0: well, the re- the reality of that, John, is the fact that because you were so self aware of self, and that's what's important about it, is being and, and that's why this is such a big issue. And I'm I'm so grateful that you came on here to kind of address these things because it does need to more individuals need to be comfortable about going and getting help. You know, so it, it takes a lot for any of us to be able to say, Hey, you know what, shit's bothering me. You know what I mean. And so there's so many individuals that shit's bothering them, but they don't talk to anybody or it could be be just simply because they're clinically depressed depression, have clinical depression that could be treated. That could actually, you know, get them on a higher, uh, scale, but you know, it doesn't take away from you being able to do, you know, but what the flip side to that is some of the officers that aren't addressing what's bothering them. Some of the officers that probably are clinically have. uh, could be diagnosed with clinical depression they're still going in every day and it probably is affecting the way that they're treating people it probably is affecting you know them wanting to go to a call it probably is affecting their personal life you know so it does come into the fact of i mean we should all be able to look in the mirror and know that you know this is this is okay or it's not okay you know and i mean it it, it takes a tremendous human being like yourself to be able to acknowledge that hey you know what I still want to maintain it. I do want to be able to, you know, have that joy and, you know, full complexity. So, I mean, I commend you for that and, you know, especially for opening up like this and sharing this with us. Bro.
1: Well, if, if I don't take care of myself and I don't try to be the best person I can, I can't help other people like I should. It is really, really what it comes down to. And as far as, you know, people getting help, you know, you know, the old saying, uh, sticks and stones. <laughs> You've all heard it, man. It, it's words, it's stupid. Don't let it bother you. Try to tell somebody with with some kind of depression or, or mental issues, tell them the words crazy or psychiatrist. See how that affects that. That has a very bad stigma to a lot of people. You know, if dose. I go to psychiatrist, you know, I'm crazy, I've got issues, you know, and I don't but you really do but you're too you're too proud you think you're you're you know too much of a badass whatever that when those words come up no that's not me i don't need that and it and, and it sometimes it comes down to those words
0: 100 percent. Uh, you know, and then so how long ago or how how far into your career was it before you finally? Um, how long did it take you to recognize it about self, or were you just tired of being depressed or tired of not being able to, you know, have that sense of joy?
1: Um, let's see, I, I started when I was about 21, 22, I left when I was 26, I believe, and and you know, I don't care to, to say it now and then I wouldn't wouldn't have addressed it. And my supervisors, I did not address it at the time, but I was, you know, getting depressed. I didn't like the job. I hadn't in a while. I didn't know why I knew some supervision had to do with it. But and then I ended up basically making stupid decisions in my personal life and it just all come together. I was like, you know, I can't I can't handle this anymore. I don't really know what's going on or why. But I'm not talking to anybody about it. I did not actually go to a psychiatrist and start, you know, medication I needed until I did get with my ex-wife and she, she really helped me with that. Um, But I didn't know what was going on prior to that. And that's, that's kind of a scary thing. You know, I'm not like I used to be and I don't know why. But, um, kind of a you know talking about how you can be open with your department i uh i went back about maybe two years later and i talked to uh the chief deputy that i had you know i was like look you know you know the things that was going on here's what you didn't know you didn't know i was going through this stuff you didn't know that i was feeling this way you didn't know what i know now because i didn't tell you and he really acted uh you know, kind of concern, you know, understanding. And uh, I had asked, you know, I, I have interest in getting my job back, you know, now that things are kind of smoothed over. He said, oh, yeah, you know, talk to me. So what do you want to talk to? I'll say a supervisor. I won't give a title, a supervisor. But like, yeah, sure. While they're here, I'll go talk to them. And I explain the same thing. Didn't have the same effect like it didn't really matter. And I was like, well, you know, I'm interested in, in getting my job back. His response was, well, put an application, and we'll consider it. That, I mean, you know, that's basically a slap in the face saying, I don't want you back.
0: And, and how, how did that, and I'm glad you shared that. I mean, because that's important as well, too. So, and again, because of so much weight already being there and that compression being there, you know, how did that intensify what you were already experiencing? I mean, like you just said, I mean, a slap in the face when you're trying to let somebody know and be open about that. I mean, because it takes a lot for an individual to even come forward as you did to say that, hey, this is what's wrong. At least I'm addressing it. You know, so I mean, how did that did that kind of intensify the depression that you were already in the midst of trying to get under wraps and control? Or you know, how, how did that play in your mind at that
1: time it didn't really increase anything but that's something we had somewhat talked about before that's something that will happen that makes you go well why am i telling people what's going on why do i want to let them know you know when when they don't care that one person can make you think that everybody doesn't care
0: that's why the stigma exists it really is you know and again that's why i'm so glad that you brought it up and, and especially that specific topic right there because it's the what needs to be addressed because then it's that that's that second you know second guessing ourselves of why i even say this in the first place you know and so then the next individual you go to hey i probably shouldn't let them know that i have shit wrong you know and it's the that's why the stigma exists today and that's why we need to smash the stigma and that's why we need to actually make more like this you know happening and you coming on and, you know you addressing it so openly and i appreciate that so much
1: it, and like i said i'm i'm very lucky with my supervisors now they are you know very understanding you know hey they know my situations you know they know what i go through they know you know you know the depression You know, and if I need them, you know, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. It don't matter if they're on duty, off duty. You know, they'll make they'll make uh, time for it. Uh, One specific incident. I was um, sick. I was physically sick. I was stressed out. I was tired. I come into work. Uh, One of my supervisors is, is very blunt. And to most people, he's an asshole. He, he doesn't realize it because that's just him. He's always been that way, but that's how he can come off, you know, and I was already, I was sick. I was tired. I was mentally exhausted and I come into a, a note and dispatch in his tone of voice. Um, he didn't mean it like, like I took it, but on top of everything else, I, I took it, took it bad. And I just, I kind of had to come apart. I, I went off in of dispatch. I didn't, you know, I didn't attack anybody. I didn't, you know, I wasn't throwing stuff, but I, I was voicing my opinion in an aggressive manner. I was venting. I was venting. Put it that way. And, uh, you know, something had got back to my chief about it. You know, I think I had, I had, you went know, on and I was like, you know, I'm going to find a new job. I'm sick of this crap. I da, don't da, da. well, He texts me and out of nowhere. He wasn't even working at the time. He was off the military uh, and training. And he texts me that next morning and said, Are you Are you looking for a new job? It's like, no. I said, you know, I was I was mad, I was venting, you know, I'm not looking for new jobs. Like I like my job, but everything got to me. And um my assistant chief who had wrote the letter, I was like, I sent him a message. I was like, Look, you know, I was mad, I was just going off about it, you know whatever it doesn't look like it seems and he told me well get me get with me when you come back to work i was like oh oh damn this is bad i know him i know how he is but when i got to work he's like man what's going on and i told him you know i'm thinking you know man, it's gonna be bad because i went off because of the note he had even though it was a combination and he told me you know what's going on and i told him i said well you know man that's it happens to all of us. You know, we get tired of our job. We think about getting another job and and talk to me about everything when I didn't expect that to happen. That means a lot. You know, rather than quit your shit, act right. It, it, that makes a whole difference. Just that little bit of, of, of concern and understanding. But when somebody is, you know, basically that, you know, quit your shit, quit acting like a child. It, it affects you pretty, pretty badly. And it, just that, you know, that can be that, that two lines I just gave you can affect you a whole lot.
0: So, did that help you being more com- being comfortable moving forward? Because, again, you know, rewind just a little bit before where, you know, you tried to express, you know, what you had going on, and it was kind of like frowned upon you know, now the one guy that everybody thinks is real brash and everything else is telling you that, hey, I understand. Did that help take that step forward? Or is it kind of like, you know, when somebody was drawn back that, hey, I can actually take the two steps forward again. I mean, how, how much did that play into moving forward, addressing the, the depression that you experienced and everything else? Was that a, a a heightening, I guess you should say? Or, I mean, how would you experience that? I mean, how would you explain that?
1: The issues I deal with, I have never kept secret in my department. Um, I've never tried to keep it quiet. I've never tried to keep it secret. I I guess I'm just kind of open and I want people to know me. I'm not hiding. I'm not acting like somebody I'm not. This is who I am. You know, if you like it, great. If you don't, I can't help it. And I'm not going to act, you know, different to please you. So that wasn't an issue but when I'm expecting to get chewed out and I get an understanding yeah I mean that that really makes me more comfortable because now I know that he understands I do have issues and I may let stuff get to me every once in a while but he can be understanding as to why and what's going on man that that makes that makes a huge difference in just how you feel
0: so you know it's important as well too with you know you being you and fellow brothers and sisters you know not even just you and, and your department your squad you know but nationwide to where because you got to figure you know those brothers and sisters could be the same ones that are going to have to have your back and vice versa you know so it is important that we do understand each other you know we don't have to like each other or have the same hobbies, same interests But we do have to understand one another. So that way, if we're both on a call or, you know, God forbid, it's like a 1013 or anything like that to where we're going to be cognizant of each other to where we can serve with each other at the highest scale. You know what I mean? So and it means a lot that you're actually able to be yourself, them understand who yourself is. So that way they just know how to take that and address that. So knowing that you're probably going to have your day sometimes, but
1: hey, I'm still going to have your back, you know? So. Yeah. And, and people need to understand. Yeah. I'm, I may have a bad day. I may be upset. I may be emotional, but when that call comes in, I will put my issues to the back burner. Cause I'm going to handle this call. I'm going to help you. I'm going to arrest you. Whatever needs to be done. Start throwing chairs. But <laughs> no comment. No comment. But I I will put my own behind me to help somebody else. I'm not going to, if I can help it, I'm not going to let it affect something else. But what will will affect you is an example. Me and a partner was going somewhere to make a report. Um, I think it may have been an assault, already occurred. You know, the people are gone. It's a report. Well, we stop a car on the way there because it won't get out of our way. Now, given we're going to something that's already occurred, we get out. You know, why did you stop that car? You should have been on your way to the call. What if they'd have come back? I kind of see that point. You know, the details of it was basically they're not going to be there. But just say that I can see his point of view. But when he is on a way to a break in in progress, it was a storage buildings break in in progress. And he stops a car on the way out there. <laughs> uh, and that I mean, that that makes you feel a certain kind of way. All right. Um, back when I started having my issues. Now, the, what he brought up was stupid. It, it really wasn't an issue, but he made it an issue. Um, I screwed up. I had my own uh, issues off duty. And, uh, you know, I'm going to admit that. But what made it worse is when they did talk to me about it, he wanted to throw me under the bus about things he thought was an issue, even though nobody else did. But I've also got a sergeant that's telling me, hey, if you want me to go into this meeting with you, I'll go with you. <laughs> Versus we got one trying to throw you under the bus. So that one that's trying to throw you under the bus can affect your mood and your thoughts more than the one that's trying to help you. You know,
0: also with that, John, is that, you know, it does take the superiors. It does take our supervisors to lead by example in those issues, you know what I mean? Because it's the them understanding you or talking about it rather than jumping to conclusions. It is going to be that step to where, you know, the fellow brothers and sisters in the squad, you know, seeing that response of how he treated you or responded to you coming up and admitting certain things or, you know, addressing an issue that should have never been addressed. It is going to affect every brother and sister out there in coming forward or, you know, how they handle the situations. You know? So it, it is huge. You know? it, it
1: is. And, and to make it a very simple statement, they don't care. So why should I? I mean, that that can sum it up right there. You know, they don't care. So why am I supposed to put forth this effort to where I should care? But you know some some don't some supervisors don't see it that way hey, you know i've I've worked here for fifteen, twenty years. I've got the right to not care. I've got the right to sit here and drink my coffee while I send my men on on a call that's two blocks away from me
0: because you know, but see already- another thing that, uh, with with that comment that you know it used to be to where it was the a superior or a supervisor really could make that comment. that Oh, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. But how things are changing today to where, you know, our superiors and our supervisors are, our superior and supervisor because of test taking abilities rather than their time of service. That affects a lot of things as well, too, to where when, you know, you're experiencing things and you're actually going out there and doing it and you have some desk jockey sitting back there that really never even, he went from traffic to, because he took a test to your, to our superior. It's, that scale is way, way, way off balance, you know, and it does play that effect. Whereas, you know, how are you guys sitting here trying to tell me how I could have handled this when you know you sit here doing pencils and stuff like that all day? So, I mean, I know that you know supervisors in your department, superiors in your department may have been there, done that, but you know, nationwide now, it's, it's a growing trend for some odd reason is that you know we have these desk jockeys that are fulfilling the roles as our superior and our supervisors and that should never really be the case.
1: Yeah, and I had, uh, I worked for an asphalt company right before I got back into uh, policing and um, they had changed companies. And just a good example of that is we had a, I don't really, not an engineer, but you know, say a designer, you know, he designed the what what needed to be done he designed it and he was a high school dropout he did a great job he he knew what he was doing when the company changed hands now we have engineers <laughs> you know with degrees doing this and they really on paper were straight in reality when they're doing this they don't know what the hell they're doing
0: Hundred I mean, percent. Well, it's the, one of the one of my other friends, uh, you know, Christopher Hoyer, was one of the things we were talking about too. That you know, our superior supervisors always have something to say, or everybody on the sideline, you know, even you know, the civilian sector has something to say. Well, you could have done this differently, you know. And I brought that analogy up that you know, an engineer they control a bridge that looks good on paper, but they're not the ones actually out there constructing that bridge or having to run into the the different. Uh, you know, roadblocks that's, you know, standing way. Well, it looks good on paper, but it's it's really not real life experience, you know, so.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, you should have handled this call this way. Okay, well, how did you handle a call like that before? Oh, you haven't.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the truth, it really is. And then on top of that, though, where, you know, in this field, you're never going to have the same call. It may be similar, but now, you know, well, that call you took, both parties weren't intoxicated. Both parties weren't high. You know, the call you took, they weren't armed. You know, there's there's always so many different factors, big or small, that is gonna play that role on why you make a decision. You know, and when you're dealing with split second decisions like that, you know, being able to say, you know, with all of your training and what you've been exposed to prior experience, you know, hey i made that decision and i did what i did based on situation at hand based on my training and it, it was really best for the then and now you know
1: and and you can when you've experienced even with something similar you can think in your mind well this is how i handled it this is how it turned out what could i have done differently when you've never answered a call like that you can't say that right. and you just And it may not make a difference but you understand within yourself that hey this could have went differently i could have tried to do this you know i could have i could have treated this person better and this call would have probably ended up like this so i didn't but now that i'm having a call similar you know maybe i should calm down and be more understanding and ask more questions because you didn't last time, now you're realizing, hey, maybe I should try this and get a different outcome. You've never been on yeah. a like that. You don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, another thing to consider, too, that supervisors and superiors really need to consider is that if if I'm your superior and I'm saying, hey, Officer Hall, you know, you should have done this differently. You should have done this differently. And it's on occasion after occasion after occasion after call after call after call. What's going to happen? You're going to start second guessing the decisions that you're making while you're responding to these calls and then what does the hesitation factor play into when we serve you know our communities and things like that hesitation factor is key you know so if you have a superior that's always second guessing your decisions it's going to create a hesitation factor on every call that you go to like okay i gotta do this by that book you know what i mean and you can't do that i mean it's the you were hired on you earned your badge you know and they need to let you do your job you know, I don't mean to say that superiors and supervisors don't need to correct us if, you know, we did handle something truly wrong or it wasn't by the book. And there was no reason for me to make a decision not to do it by the book. But they do need to understand that, hey, just let me do my job and, you know, kind of correct me on those issues, because if you're addressing me on the way that I handle call after call after call, I'm just going to, and like you addressed, you know, multiple times for this broadcast that, you know, well, you know, fuck it. Why, why should I do it? You know, I'm just going to be sick after anything else, you know? So.
1: Yeah. You know, and it, it kind of gets to the feeling that I'm not answering my own calls. I'm having to answer my calls and handle them the way they want it done. I am a grown mature person that carries a loaded firearm that may have to shoot somebody hurt somebody kill somebody in certain events but you don't have enough trust in me to handle this call
0: well another thing too with you saying it like that it can be because of all that second guessing that you know superiors provide you know are given or you know putting against you when it comes to having to discharge firearm again going back to hesitation factor again going back to where every second matters on every call you know, it's the, oh, I wonder what he's going to say about, you know, should I really discharge firearm? And now all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, fellow officer or even worse, you know, a civilian is, you know, killed because of that self doubt or second guessing that would have never been there. If you were never second guessed, you know, once let alone multiple occasions by our superiors or our supervisors.
1: Yeah. It is, you know, trust me to do my job and to make my own judgment when you try to control every call I go on, now I'm like, oh, you know, wait a minute before you know you attack me. Let me call my supervisor and see how he would handle it. And it <laughs> I mean Hey
0: boss, hey, hey, can I-
1: <laughs> But you know, they some people do, and I've had a supervisor like that before. You know, trust me to make my, my own calls. If I make one wrong, yeah, correct me. Tell me what I could have done differently. But don't tell me on every single call that I should have done this. I should have done this because, you know, now you do like, you know, after a while, am I handling this right? You know, what should, and, and not even just a deadly situation, hesitation can cause a event to spiral out of control because when you've got somebody that is aggressive, they can see that hesitation as a chance to run over you. You don't know what you're doing or you're not willing to do what you need to do to get this in hand. Now I can run over him. And it's, it's the same way that I will tell a lot of, a lot of people that start, don't ever let a situation start spiraling downward. If you can help it, because once it starts, it is hard to stop. Don't ever let somebody on the call think you don't know what you're talking about because they will run over you and that will cause that downward spiral. And, It is hell to try to, and um, it. I don't know, I don't know what to add to that. I mean, that's that's pretty much you know, I mean,
0: it it is, and I mean, and that's important though, too, because you know, with what you and I are discussing right now and smashing the stigma and addressing mental health and depression, that plays a large role. And that's that's the reason why I'm glad you brought this up because that does when you're dealing with somebody that's which every. Every Leo in the in the nation is experiencing some sort of, and again, you know, some may be depressed, but some may actually be experiencing depression, which actually will progressively get worse if they do not address it. But then, all of a sudden, you stack something where somebody that's already, you know, clinically ha- has clinical depression. And now, all of a sudden, all of that that second guessing, all of that doubt about you doing your job, and then you're carrying that in your head. Then you start doubting yourself. That, that's never a good combination in any career, let alone this career, you
1: know? No, and, you know, and we we spoke, depression is not the same as being depressed. But if you're depressed and you don't seek help and things keep piling up and piling up, that can turn into a depression that you can't get out of on your own. Yes, sir. You You need help carrying that weight sometimes or it can turn into something a whole lot worse that you can't recover from. Um. Uh, I've uh I've not got much time left, but I I do want to address this, and it's not specific to law enforcement, but I deal with this this badly. Um, depression can very much affect somebody's memory. Um. I know that's kind of way off subject, but it's something. It's, that no, it's, takes... no, it's
0: not off subject because, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm, I'm going to let you say what you're saying and I want to kind of add to that. I know you're short on time because this is vital. I was going to bring it up anyway, and I'm glad you brought that up because it plays a large role in it actually.
1: Um, uh, We'll start kind of just, just to quit growing up. I would, my dad would always get mad at me when he'd tell me something, you know, you're not paying attention. Well, I don't remember what you you know you're not paying attention now that I'm I'm grown you know I know that yeah maybe sometimes I didn't but there was something else going on there and and it's really sad when I think about it but it's it's to the point where a very very large chunk of my childhood I can't remember that's how much it can affect you and I mean you know it can really bother you when you when you think about it oh, man. all these experiences. I had, I don't even remember doing them. Um, you know, I've had before people talk to me. Yeah. You know, remember whenever we talked about? No, I don't. Well, we did that. Remember that? OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now. Now I remember. It may be something we did yesterday, but that little bit jogged my memory. But I have had on my own and, and not, not like important situations with work. But just friendly conversation, they can talk to me about something and I don't remember, and they jog my memory, but it doesn't. I cannot recall whatsoever. And I mean, it sucks. But people can get mad at you that you know you're not paying attention, or you know you forgot that we were supposed to be doing this. Uh, and and I kind of have an issue with with sudden plan changes. Just say. Uh, you know, somebody, somebody calls me and be like, hey, can you do this tomorrow? Oh, uh, let me think. Do I have anything going on tomorrow? And it may not be. I may not have anything planned for the next week. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, damn, if I forgot something, let me think about it. And it sucks. And a lot of people have problems understanding it. But it does. Just, just mental health, depression, and other situations, man, it, it can kill your memory. And
0: and it does, too. And, you know, a lot of times, too, like the studies have been done to where especially when someone and that's, again, going back to being clinically uh, medically, clinically depressed, clinical depression opposed to just being depressed. Because what happens, like with the studies of what they think is that subconsciously we because of us not being able to experience feeling in essence, you know what I mean? About that depression. A lot of times we press so much to where our memory becomes so programmed to where things that, you know, really aren't magnified, it just gets flushed out, you know, and they say that, you know, a lot of times, like with, you know, clinical depression, untreated, you know, may lead into dementia and things like that, because it really does affect memory, because it's our memory's way of protection, to where it just blocks out certain things, to where it just stores the things that are relevant to, you know, my well-being every day, to where you know I'll, I'll forget something just because it wasn't something that needed to stick in my mind. It's a self-programming tool that you know our bodies you know do. So
1: you can kind of think, of, and I think just about everybody's had this. You're you're cruising down the highway down the interstate, and then all of a sudden you're five miles down the road. How did I get here? I don't remember. <laughs> think about that in your life. I don't know why I don't remember these last few miles that I've drove. But I don't and it, think about it being your life. You know, I don't remember these things happening. I don't know why I don't. I should, but I don't. And I can't explain it.
0: That's important. You know, you know and, and the, the biggest importance of it is that, hey, you're talking about this right now, addressing it right now, because, you know, acknowledging something like that and recognizing that that's the only way that we can address certain things and, and improve on, you know, quality of life for yourself and so many others that are experiencing the same thing, but haven't actually spoken up about it or sought the help so that they can, you know, experience that quality of life that, you know, they deserve and everything as well too. So.
1: And and one thing I really hope is some people will have these issues and they don't understand it, but hopefully, you know, me, me being open about stuff, they'll be like, Oh, you know, I have that. You know, I didn't. I didn't know why I had that. I thought I was just, you know, weird because that happened. But other people have it happen too. Hey, you know, there's actually something to this. It's not just me. It, it make them feel better about trying to figure out what's going on, because you know,
0: there's it is like that. You know,
1: it, it is very hard to do something on your own. I'm alone. I don't know why this is. I'm just gonna suck it up, and not talk about it. But when you feel like somebody's in there with you, it makes it easier to do things and that's kind of what i hope for you know to click. you know hey i have this going on and i just thought it was me but it's not so maybe i can get help maybe i can you know study it look look into what causes this anything to improve that for them
0: the understanding of helps us deal with and carry you know
1: yes um but that that I wanted wanted to address because a lot of people don't understand it. They don't they don't think that it's a thing. You know, right. you shouldn't be forgetting this stuff. I don't understand why you are. You're just not paying attention. You don't care when it's not that at all. It's something beyond your control. Right. And believe me, I don't I don't enjoy not remembering conversations I had, because obviously if I had these conversations, they meant something. <laughs>
0: you know 100% and uh i really hope that you know we can do this again i mean i'd like to do this as often as you know you find time and i mean i, I appreciate the time that you've given us and everything else too and it's an an issue that needs to be addressed and you know you and any other that you know has those moments of things like that i'm always available to you. What I mean John so just you know reach out and things like that and we, we need to do this again and do this as often as possible until you know everybody understands that hey it's okay that you know I address this issue because it's an addressing the issue that you know that quality of life that you seek for yourself and the quality of life that you know we're trying to provide for others when we serve in the law enforcement community and first responder communities you know for the others that we serve and stuff so thank yeah, you
1: absolutely yeah uh, I appreciate it yeah I plan on doing it again I'm um, you know, I, I have sat
0: down before and
1: wrote down things that I wanted to talk about. And I've wrote down two pages worth in 10 minutes awesome. it's off the top of my head. So, yeah, there's definitely other things that that I want to address. But um, of course, you know, my busy schedule, but I do like to take time for each subject. I don't want to run through every subject I have in 30 minutes. And, yeah, people heard it, but they don't understand it because I just flew through everything and and, and can't discuss it or, you know. We'll
0: do do a series and we'll just we'll structure each show just around each talking point. That way we can spend time on that. And you know, that's one of the things that I'm going to even though I utilize StreamYard for these broadcasts like this, I'm going to start also running it on the Facebook Live so we can get more interaction and things like that with the comments, people asking questions. You know, you provide the answers or like, you know, the experience of what you know, you go through and everything else too. So we can start getting everybody else engaged and, you know, expand this discussion, you know, so far out there. And, you know, that's what we'll do is we'll just create a series around the different talking points that you have and things like that. I'd love to do that.
1: And I, I would actually really enjoy that because questions are good and it may, somebody may ask a question, be like, Oh, I skipped over that. Or, you know, maybe I didn't explain that good enough and it jogs my memory for right. something I I can, talk about or explain and i mean i'm all for that because you know my mind only works so much if somebody else jogs it then you know hey that's that's even better i can i can help even more maybe
0: yeah i mean 100 and that, that's my overall goal with this is just that because of me utilizing Streamyard, even though it's running on facebook youtube twitter twitch everything else they have to actually enable uh access for Streamyard with their profile so that they can actually we can see who's making the comments and things like that as well too so i might have to start putting like instructions out there so we can actually start getting that engagement because like you just pointed out you know these questions and comments from the viewers it's important you know so
1: and i've had um a co-worker of mine that was trying to, to watch this and for some reason she couldn't get it to uh, play so you know, maybe you know different. Well, there's
0: been uh, Kayla, Megan, and one one other one that actually is on the bottom right here that were like trying to get into the stream. So I don't know if they were some of the ones that were actually trying to view it or make comments. So I'm gonna that's, so on the next one, everything else, I'm gonna start setting it up on the Facebook Live as well too, because like one of the reasons why I wasn't using the Facebook Live is I didn't know that I can utilize my green screen on Facebook Live. I thought like Facebook Live was like here and now, but I, I can actually do it from my desktop with my cameras, with my lights and with my green screen. So, and that way people will be more interactive before they don't have to go through two processes to be able to ask you a question. So, because I yeah. always want to make the experience better for everybody involved. So
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Kayla, you know, that's, that's, that's one that's kind of important because that's actually my dispatcher that I have Spoke about, you know, and and you know, given we we've talked a lot about these issues, but at the same time, you know, maybe I'm thinking of stuff now that I haven't thought to discuss before, or just the fact that we're already involved in work. It, it's it's nice to be able to you know relay everything. All
0: right,
1: but I think she had had a problem before with it, so that'd be great. You know, if we can expand it, you know. You know, even well,
0: people, it helps people understanding of each other, you know, just like we were talking about earlier to where, you know, the more we talk about these things, the more understanding we have of each other and we can know that, you know, maybe, oh, that's why he may have a bad day one day, or maybe that's why she has a bad day some days, you know, because yes. it's in addressing these issues that we understand each other. And that's the reason I love doing this. And, you know, I would like to do it as often as possible.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm all for, you know, anybody that I can help, but, you know, to coworkers, even though I may talk to them, you know, getting to talking with this, there could be something come up, but, Oh, I didn't know that, you know, maybe that's something we, you know, we do need to discuss or open up about, you know, we've talked, but I didn't, I didn't know that was going on or I didn't know that happened to him or, you know, any of that stuff. So I think that, you know, the, the broader, we can get this then the more people that can see it and maybe more people that can, can reach it. Um, I don't know how this works, so you know whatever we can can get to do. I mean, I'm good. Like I said, I'll I'll make it
0: happen because I'll still use the Streamyard. Because and and with that being said, and you talking about like the coworkers, you know, fellow brothers and sisters, and even dispatch, that we can have up to ten people per broadcast. So you know, you I that we can have eight others on this broadcast, where that way, and then the viewers, I'll, I'll start using Facebook Live to where they'll be able to actually have the comments coming in there so we can start, you know, addressing issues that they may be facing and, you know, help us address issues about ourselves when they, you know, ask questions or make comments and things like that as well. So.
1: Oh, I would, I would love that. Cause I can explain, you know, almost two hours now, you know, I can explain everything on my, my mind, but when people have specific questions, I can help, help it more. Because sure, sure. we need to know this a certain way and I can, can kind of explain it to them um but but yeah i mean i'm, I'm all for it i've got more that i want to discuss and like i said i like being able to spread out the time so maybe i can you know make people understand you know more about what's going on um and i do want to add this before i go my uh my uh, uh background picture there behind you you know i told you i have it up at work and i've got a um but I will stay in sometimes, and I'll sleep there. The welcome to the shit show is the first
0: thing I see whenever I wake up when I stay in that room. Awesome. that's great. I love that. That is, you know, it is it is those little reminders to ourselves, though, that you know, kind of give that sense of joy, especially when we have so much shit going on. I mean, we ha- we have to have some kind of comedy about it, in a sense. You know, I mean, life is one great comedy. But, you know, it's the, it's, the sh- it's, it's not to ignore the shit going on, but, you know, to actually just realize it's an awakening in a sense to where, hey, look, hey, here you are. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. I love that. And then, hey, John, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, I'll send you over a schedule and, you know, vice versa, we can kind of just go back and forth on this and, uh, you know, we'll start getting everything else set up that way. You know, if there are certain talking points that you want to have somebody else, you know, come on there with you know, bring them along, or that way we can also just send the inv- invites, or, you know, when I send you a link, if you share that link with anybody, so, like, at the bottom, so, like, with Kayla, for example, it says the device is not connected, and then with Megan, it was it's just sitting there, so I don't know if it was, like, the, the camera, I think the camera's off, but, you know, as long as you give them foreknowledge that, hey, we're about to do this show, we can add them to, or they can just be ready to ask questions, you know, whatever suits everybody else and everything like that, but, you know, I'll send you over the schedule, you can, you know, kind of see what best suits for you and you know your hours as well too so thank
1: oh, you so much i'm all for it and uh that's one thing about me you know we we had a, a setup of a i believe it's 5 30 today um and I, I i got what 10 minutes early i believe and i've just got this thing where if i think i'm gonna be on time and stretch myself i'm like <laughs> I am It stresses me out. Yes, and that sir. today, you know, I was I was one thing after another trying to get stuff done. I was like, oh, man, I gotta hurry up, I
0: gotta hurry up. You don't want to get here and it's like seven twenty o'clock.
1: Why am I still stressed out that I haven't
0: already been here? Uh, I'll, I'll start I'll start telling you that it's a half hour before it actually is. Get you rushing.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, there you go, there you go. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, hey, thank you again. And uh, as soon as I get off here, I'm going to email you over the different schedules of like the ones coming up and everything else too. And you kind of, you know, fit your schedule around that. And, you know, we'll just start hitting every talking point and everything else. We Communicate via email if you want. That way you can say, Hey, this is the first talking point that I want to do. That way I can kind of structure it out and, you know, any guests that you want to have on there and everything else as well too. And, you know, thank you so much for your time. It's it's a blessing. And, you know, I pray that, you know, more, You know, first responders, law enforcement, dispatchers, EMTs, fire—you know—everybody sort of stepping forward addressing these issues. We, you know, truly can't smash the stigma even with military personnel as well. And thank you again, John. It's been a true pleasure. Stay blessed and stay safe in all things, brother.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. I had fun.
0: Yes, sir. That's what it's about. Yes, sir. All right.